Welcome back, everyone. We have some exciting and breaking news today. Exciting if you're a Disney shareholder. This company blew past earnings is, is how the headline says it. They, they blow past their growth estimates, their subscriber growth. They beat their top and bottom line estimates as well. Now, this is also very good news if you're a Netflix investor. And I want to explain why this news from Disney is good news for Netflix investors. We also have some related news. Disney's raising prices for Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN as streaming service posts biggest operational loss. They're not just raising the prices. They're raising the prices a lot. A staggering amount. The The price jump that Disney announced for Disney Plus is going to shock a lot of people. And again, this is important, especially if you're an, a Netflix investor. Disney changing their prices affects the relative value of Netflix as a service and also changes the game for Disney. Disney is going all in on streaming. This is abundantly apparent. So we're going to go over this as well as the earnings report. We have it pulled up right here. Um, we're going to be going over this report. I'll be giving my take on it and we'll do a quick review of Disney's earnings here because I think they're pretty staggering. The results are far past the expectation of the market. Right now, Disney's up about 5.8% post close. So it's up 5.8% after hours and it was up 4% today. So this is almost a 10% gain in one day. That's a pretty substantial move for a company like Disney. So Let's go ahead and dive right in. We have a lot to get to. We're going to be going over Disney. We're going to be talking about how it relates to Netflix. And I'll give a quick update on my portfolio, the Story Fund. Now, before we get into all of this, just a quick reminder, there's an FTX US link in the description of this video and in the pinned comment. They have their brokerage account live right now. So you can sign up and start using it. It's really easy to use. I'm up like $500 already in Amazon on it. Uh, try that out and use their fur code Carlson. Now, before we jump into Disney, just a quick update. I've been gone for about a week. So we're back now. This is what the uh, story fund looks like. Uh, we're down 21,000. Just a just a, a month or two ago, we were down 30, 40,000. So we're making back a lot of ground. We're up around 12.94% over the past 30 days, comparative to the S&P 500's up 9%. So we're making a bit of a comeback, but we're still behind the S&P 500. Now I track my performance of this portfolio, the story fund against my benchmark, the S&P 500, which I illustrate right here. So we have the story fund in blue against the S&P 500. You can see how things have worked. My portfolio is more volatile. That's something that I, I was aware of at the beginning of starting this. And you can see how it dropped down a lot further. But since this recovery, since Amazon has taken off over the past month, Netflix has recovered quite a bit. Uh, a, a lot of the companies that I've been investing in have done really well over the past 30 days. So you can see a leap in the recovery. We're, we're closing the gap, so to speak, a little bit over the past month. But that is currently what it looks like. Now, just a quick mention in terms of disclosures. I own two what I consider to be streaming companies primarily, which is Netflix and Disney. There's other companies that dabble in streaming like Amazon, but Netflix and Disney are moving to streaming first companies. And I believe even Disney is. They are a streaming company now. Netflix is one that I bought way too high. I've already talked about this issue before. It came crashing down when the narrative of streaming being a good business came crashing down. When people finally said, all right, I'm throwing in the towel on streaming. I don't think this is going to be a good industry. When Netflix came down, it also caused Disney stock to come crashing down. And Disney's a company that I have around $16,000 invested in, in my dividend portfolio. Why is it in a dividend portfolio where I bought it? I bought it before they, they halted the dividends. So right now, 
I'm just holding it. But I have exposure to both Netflix and Disney because I think that out of the streaming options of Discovery and Paramount and Peacock and all these different companies, I think that Netflix and Disney have the most important aspect of a standalone streaming company, which is scale. Netflix has it by virtue of their massive subscriber base. They do have an incredibly massive subscriber base that gives them scale. They're becoming free cash flow positive already independently without any other business line subsidizing them. Disney has it by virtue of their amazing library and their parks that can subsidize them until they reach the scale necessary for their streaming business to become profitable. Um, But I'm bullish on both of the companies. I've been a little bit more concerned actually about Disney recently than Netflix. So let's go ahead and just look at some of the headlines here. We have that Disney subscriber growth blows past estimates as the company beats on the top and bottom line. Let's see what that blows past estimates means. We can zoom in and look right here. The earnings per share were $1.09 versus $0.96 expected. This is really good earnings beat. I have kept track of all the companies in my dividend portfolio, of, including Disney again, and whether or not they outperformed or underperformed the earnings expectations, whether or not they gave good guidance or bad guidance. And so far, 71%, not counting Disney, have beat expectations and given strong guidance. So this is another company that before this earnings season, everybody was saying these companies are going to do terrible. This is another one saying that everybody was wrong. Everyone that was doom and gloom on earnings season and the earnings contraction coming up, Disney doesn't have an earnings contraction. Their EPS, their EPS is going to come down only because their earnings are going up. And I have to say, this is not surprising if you go outside and if you talk to people that have been to Disneyland. It's always packed. Now they have the Genie Plus where they make even more money with that high margin, that high margin app they have to cut in lines. And the parks have been packed for so long, I can't imagine them not having good earnings. But here's the big one. This is the big thing that everybody's paying attention to. Disney's now a streaming stock, not a parks stock. Disney Plus total subscriptions, 152.1 million versus 147.76 million. So they blew past the analyst estimates. 147.76 and they got 152. This is how far off a lot of these estimates can be. Disney Parks Experience and Products Division saw revenue increase of 72% to 7.4 billion during the last quarter, up from 4.3 billion during the same period last year. The company said it saw increased in attendance, occupied room nights, and cruise ship sailings. So all businesses ago, everything back on track for Disney. It also touted that it has the new Genie Plus. This is the thing I'm talking about. This thing is just a high margin moneymaker. And uh, it's crazy. People pay an additional like $80 per day just to use the Genie Plus. The Lightning Lane products help boost the average per uh, per capita ticket revenue during the quarter. These new digital features were introduced to curate guest experience and allow park goers to bypass lines for major attractions. They used to have what's called the fast pass and they it was a physical thing. You'd go to the line, take a fast pass and come back later. All, all Disney did was say, hey, that's something free right now that we can charge for. We're going to put that in an app. We're going to call it Genie Plus, not the, the fast pass. And we're going to charge a high margin for it. So that's what they did. Not good for a customer experience, but it is good for, for Disney's bottom line. Now, let's go ahead and look at another related headline here. This one, I was actually shocked. And 
I think this is important for Netflix investors to know about as well. Disney raised prices on Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN as streaming services post the biggest operating loss. We know they're posting an operating loss because they're going all in on streaming. That's why their free cash flow has gone through the floor. So if we look at this, this is uh, Disney on Qualtrum Insights. This website's available to Patreon members. Uh, Let me go ahead and pull up a graph here that will illustrate this. Before 2019, this was Disney's free cash flow. See the nice little trend there? And then it fall off a cliff in 2019. That is what streaming does. It is an expensive, highly competitive business. Netflix knows this. Netflix has known this for a long time, the cash flows that that streaming costs. But in 2019, even before the pandemic, the free cash flow of Disney struggled greatly. And this is what they're trying to get back get, uh, you know, back to pre-COVID levels, pre-2019 levels. That would make Disney undervalued by, by a lot right now. But right now, it's all the way down here. So let's go ahead and look at this news here. They're raising prices. They say, let's see the price changes here. Starting December 8th in the US, Disney with commercials will be $7.99 per month. This is the original price. I think it was even cheaper than this for the free version of it. See what they do? They offer a super cheap version of streaming. They get it in everybody's household. They get you all addicted to it. So it's just part of your credit card bill. Every month you're getting charged it. Then they step up the prices over and over again. And they say, go ahead and cancel. Your kids are going to annoy you because they, they're not going to have Disney Plus to watch every day. Right? So now, just with commercials, it's going to be $8 per month. Currently, the price of Disney Plus without ads. So the version with ads is now going to be the same price as the, ver- the version without ads. The price for ad-free Disney Plus will rise 38%. That's not a typo. That isn't incorrect. 38% to $10.99, a $3 per month increase. Okay, this is, this is why this is important. Everybody's saying, everybody complaining and griping about Netflix's super expensive price and that Netflix is such bad value because they charge $12 a month for the biggest library of any streaming service. That was based on all the competition having artificially low pricing because they're operating at an enormous loss. So Netflix only looks expensive because Disney is losing tons of money on their streaming service. And I've been saying this for a while. Eventually, the competition will be forced to charge more for their streaming services if they want to make any money on them. And as they do that, the relative value of Netflix in the, uh, the customer's eyes, it'll look a lot better. Instead of having $12 for Netflix be compared to $6 for Disney+, Plus, now it's $12 to Netflix compared to $10.99 for Disney+. Plus. It's $2 difference. So now the big value proposition is no longer different. And this isn't going to end here. Disney will continue to raise prices, making Netflix's value proposition relative to other streaming services look better and better and better. That's what I've been trying to explain all along. All these streaming services are going to do it. Paramount Plus cannot operate by charging $4 per month to subscribers. They simply can't make money doing that. They're going to up the prices. They're going to end the free trials. They're going to end all the promotions. They're going to charge more and more to try to make their service profitable. The same thing with Peacock, the same thing with all of these companies. Disney's doing this already. So that's the first point that I wanted to make. I've been warning about this all along. Look, Netflix looks like it's expensive right now. It's not going to look expensive down the road. Already, it's looking less and less expensive as Disney Plus bumps up their price. So that's the first point that I want to make. They're doing a huge price increase. I doubt they'll see 
huge meaningful levels of churn because they're offering a cheaper ad tier. And this ad tier at $8 plus ads, they will make more than the $11 paid tier. This is going to be a more profitable tier. So if you downgrade thinking you're going to save money, you are saving money for yourself, but the amount of ads they're going to run plus the $8 per month, Disney will make more money on that. The ads will make up the extra cost. Um, anyways, moving on, they say the price of Hulu without ads will rise by $2 per month from $12.99 to $14.99. It's a big jump in price. Effective October 10th, Hulu with ads will go up by $1 per month, rising $6.99 to $7.99. Disney allow- announced last month that ESPN with ads would go up 43% to $9.99 per month. A 43% increase in price for ESPN+. Plus. The price increase reflects the growing operational loss for Disney streaming services. Disney Plus, ESPN, and Hulu combined lose a $1.1 billion in the fiscal third quarter. So $1.1 billion in losses in a single quarter, not a single year. That's one quarter of losses. $300 million more than the average analyst estimate, reflecting the higher cost of content on the service. They are getting squeezed for money. And they don't have as many subscribers as Netflix. So they're having to raise prices aggressively to make up for these enormous losses. And again, by virtue of doing that, they make the other streaming services seem not such a bad deal anymore. Now that we've gone through that, let's go ahead and look at the earnings report here. I have it pulled up. This is uh, just from a couple minutes ago. They go through the highlights at the top here. This is what the company is trying to highlight as the most important metrics to follow. The revenue for the quarter in the nine months grew 26% and 28% respectively. Diluted earnings per share, this is the big one, uh, from continued operations for the quarter, increased to 77 uh, on a diluted basis. This is typically what we look at here. The EPS was $1.09 from $0.80 80 in the prior year quarter. So it's now at $1.09. If we look at this, we have Disney pulled up here. This is what this looks like. We're going to flip over to quarterly. And we can see right here that last quarter it was 26 cents. Before that, it was 60 cents. Uh, and then we have right back here. So how this would look is a dollar and eight cents would be right about here. When it updates this chart, which will update probably by the end of the day, it'll show another bar spiking back up about that high, which means exactly what should be happening. Disney has to recover their earnings to back to the 2017-2018 era. They need to get the earnings back in trajectory. If they're able to do that with a superior business model of streaming, then I think the stock will go past all-time highs. I really do. But that's a big if. And that's what investors are becoming concerned about is the earnings went down and they've taken longer to recover than expected. So having the earnings go back up to $1.08 is very motivating for Disney investors. So, so far, I'm really impressed by this earnings report. I haven't had enough time to dive into it and to see their forecast of the future. But what I see so far is Disney blew past expectations on top and bottom line. That's always a good thing to see from a company. They blew past the analyst estimates of the amount of subscribers are going to gain. They're offering more options for viewing their content and they're increasing prices by 38 and 40% for ESPN, and more importantly, Disney Plus, up 38%. That is immense pricing power if they're able to pull that off while continuing to grow subscribers. And it also benefits Netflix as a company because Netflix is saying, look, our competition is raising prices 38%. 
That makes our pricing not look so bad. We don't stand out, right? All of this, I think, is good for both Disney and the streaming market in general. A couple other things that I want to highlight is just an overview of these charts from the science of hitting on Twitter. This is some visuals showing the growth of Disney Plus, ESPN, and Hulu over the past year. So we see that Disney Plus now is at 152 million subscribers. They're gaining on Netflix fast. They're catching up. They're going to be getting to that 200 million mark relatively soon. But over the past couple of years, since 2020, they also went from 30 million subscribers in Hulu to 46 million. It's a good thing. It's a growing business, another streaming growth business. They also went from ESPN Plus having 7 million to 23 million, and they're raising the prices 40% on that. So all their streaming services are growing at a rapid speed, and they're increasing the prices on all three of them. We have another chart here. This is the run rate of direct-to-consumer revenue for uh, everything outside of Hulu. It's now at $15 billion for Disney throughout their streaming services. This one here shows the direct-to-consumer streaming revenue broken down by the different companies. So you see that we have Netflix, Disney, Warner Brothers Discovery, and Paramount+. Plus. If you look at the revenues that these companies make by streaming, Netflix currently has a higher revenue run rate from their streaming business than the rest of the three combined. That's how big Netflix's revenues are. That's why they have what I consider to be still an incredible lead over these, these streaming companies. Not only do they have to grow subscribers, but Netflix already charges more than all of them. So they're all going to have to increase the amount of subscribers and increase the prices dramatically just to be level with where Netflix is at. This gives an illustration of how far ahead Netflix is in the size and scale of their streaming. And when it comes to streaming, I think scale, achieving scale is the most important thing. I know that Netflix has it. I know that Disney Plus can probably get there. It's my biggest bet for the next one to get there. I don't know about Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount. I don't know. It, there's lots of people betting on them. My opinion, it's more risky. They simply do not have the same scale as Disney or Netflix. And then the last thing that we can look at is with Disney Plus, a breakdown of the growth based on domestic, international, and Disney Plus Hotstar. The reason that Disney Plus has their average revenue per user going down is because of Disney Plus Hotstar. This is a cheaper version of Disney Plus. It's in places like India, and they only charge a couple bucks. And they're competing with Netflix and, and Amazon Prime Video and other competitors there. And they're all charging a minuscule amount for their service because they can't afford the same prices as in the US. So even though they're gaining a lot of subscribers here, these subscribers simply monetarily are not worth as much as US, Canadian, or international subscribers. So the most important ones are the blue and green hair in terms of monetary value. The red is growing the fastest, but they have the lowest ARPU. So overall, I thought this was a very good earnings report. The positives were were overwhelming in it. They had a lot of positives. Better revenue than expected, better earnings than expected, much better Disney Plus subscriber growth. Almost 15 million net new additional subscribers. They also feel very confident in their value proposition. They're increasing their prices, which is good for Disney. They're going to earn more money. They'll lose less money, so to speak. And it's good for Netflix and other competitors because of the relative value. And the only thing that I saw that was bad or a red flag with this earnings report is the free cash flow. They're putting so much money going all in on streaming, which I think is a good long-term decision. But in the meantime, they're feeling the effect that Netflix has felt. Unless you get to scale, you have to sacrifice a lot of upfront cash flows. So their free cash flows decreasing 60% year over year. That is the most concerning part. Other than that, everything looks good. 
And I think that over time, as they reach scale and they increase prices with their streaming services, those free cash flows will recover. So as of right now, my initial reaction is I thought this is a very positive report. I'm going to dive in and look at their earnings expectation of the future and listen to their earnings call as well. So hope you enjoyed this little update. I'll have another one later this week and I'll see you in the next one.